Welcome back to episode 97 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy. When I wrote this intro, I had to start from scratch. Oh, that's well, I guess that's true. Yeah. Every time. Every week. It's from (laughs) scratch. Other than the I'm your host, Andy, sometimes the and, but the rest of it. It's all from scratch. That's right. That's right. Well, and I'm your other host, Mike. And uh, my original guess about the best school of Strixhaven was right. Of course, it was Silver Quill. But, you know, I had an inkling. That was good. That was a good one. (laughs) Please listen carefully. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So, speaking of Strixhaven, I got to open a bunch of Strixhaven this past weekend. I I got the new... Uh, Commander 21 pre-cons, and I got a couple of boxes. Um, my first pack that I opened had a Demonic Tutor Mystical Archive in it. Very nice. Yeah, that was felt good starting out on a, on a high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first box was better than the than the second, mm-hmm. but I got Approach of the Second Sun and the um the I think it's pronounced Gazaleth Galazeth Gazaleth Prismari the okay. the Prismari Dragon, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Um, a lot of these cards are going into deck, so. Uh, I I enjoyed opening those packs and the mythical archive cards. Oh, they're so good. And you had mentioned that the uh, the thick commander cards and the commander precons were really nice too. They are thick. Yeah. They are not those oversized cards anymore. You get like it's the same size as a card, but it feels like like a hard piece of cardboard, and it's kind of nice because you can set that out. Um, I'm not sure what it's for still. But I would appreciate setting it on top of like Sakashima of a thousand faces, mm, mm-hmm. as as you, if you made a copy of your commander or something. If you're in blue, if you're playing sure. Adrix and Nev, which is what I did pretty much all weekend, mm-hmm. um, you could use that for the Sakashima or any other clone, I guess, if well, you, you could, want. You, but th- so it most of them are going to die. It doesn't fit in a sleeve at all or anything like that. I didn't try, but I doubt it. Okay, because I say maybe you could just use that as your commander, and then you could take the face commander and go put it in the 99 of one of your other decks or something yeah no that's a great idea a lot of people don't or they sleeve their their commander in a different color sleeve and i feel like those people would want to play with the hard cardboard Mm -hmm. um it's nice but um i still don't know what it's for (laughs) i'm not sure maybe collecting i don't know what the oversized cards are for though also collecting or you could play with them you could put those out on the battlefield (laughs) just so you know that i'm playing with nahiri the lithomancer which is the one that I like the most, the giant. Yeah, like, listen, you already told me you're playing Atraxa, Praetor's Voice. I don't need to be reminded by a card that is the size, bigger than my hand. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, so I, I, I didn't get to open any of my Strixhaven yet. Mine's coming this coming weekend. To the and I'll be able, and I plan on opening a couple booster boxes, maybe a couple collector booster boxes, and then I have the precons coming as well. So I'm excited for this coming weekend the foils do seem better i will say that the foils do seem better although you saw before we uh went to the studio to record that Mm -hmm. i did get a um uh claim the firstborn mythical archive foil it's curved but it's not it is not it's not commander legends curved oh no i mean this one is you put it in a sleeve it's definitely gonna flatten Mm -hmm. out and the pre-con commanders um were not they were not warped at all they came in, and they were not like stuck inside the front piece of the plastic. Right. They were sealed with the rest of the deck right. finally, which was really nice. And I don't remember if last year's were or not, but I do remember that they used to, if, I feel like they came separate at some point. Yeah, they, they came separate. Mm, 
They came out a I long time. I feel ago. like it was a long time yeah. ago. So I, I, you know, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure, but um, I played with those. I got to play with a couple of the other precons this weekend, so um, I'm excited to talk about that this week. But we do have an announcement. We do have a new patron, Kyle Arnold. Thank you so much for for joining um, the family. If you want to support, you can head to Patreon.com/slash/GuardianProjectPod and donate at any dollar amount. And we are we are working on getting designs done right now for our upcoming play mats mm-hmm. so those are still in the works i'm getting excited yeah very cool and if you're looking for any other way to support the podcast wherever you are listening to the podcast on currently if you could subscribe rate review and definitely leave some comments we love interacting with our listeners in the comments of our youtube videos um, i don't know if we've ever interacted with a comment on spotify or anything so maybe that's a good challenge for this week leave a comment if you are listening to this podcast on spotify I don't even have Spotify. Do you have Spotify? Yeah, I listen to it on Spotify. All right, so Coil's going to go check. Coil's going to go check Spotify. <laughs> I guess for this week's episode. Um, so Coil, what are we talking about this week? Um, this so last week we talked about Strixhaven standard set and all the cards we were really excited for uh, to play in Commander from that. So this week we are going to focus on the Commander decks and we're going to break it down and we're going to talk about how we like the decks, the way that they are constructed by Wizards of the Coast. Um, We're going to talk about some of the brand new cards and uh, some of the uses that we're going to get out of these brand new cards. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about some of the reprints that are coming in these, some that we like, uh, how we feel about them. And then um, it's actually not on our agenda, but since you play with so many of the pre-cons this week, we're also going to get your hot takes on all these pre-cons as we go through. Hot takes. I didn't have, okay. I don't, I didn't play with all of them. Well, with four of them. But we've got, we've got three of them. Yeah. I played with three of them. Okay. So I played with three of them. Um, Yeah. I'm excited. So, okay. So let's um, transition. I don't have a transition. What is it? We're going to go. I saw a bold plagiarist, mm-hmm. I just, but I was, but I don't want to suggest that we go plagiarize it because that's really not good. Because we're plagiarizing the 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 roll into the next section I also, by copying bold plagiarist. Yeah, but I also thought of of Guillaume Master Chef, and I was going to say let's cook it, but now we're now we're cooking. Now we're now now that's now insert we're cooking with bacon. Insert transition music here. <laughs> Okay, so this week we are talking about Commander 2021 decks and um, what we what we think about the strategy right out of the box. So let's start with the first one here, which is the uh, Lorehold Legacies deck. So this is the red-white deck, which is led by Oskir the Reconstructor. So Oskir is a 4-4 giant artificer for two, a red and a white that has vigilance and says pay one second artifact target creature you control gets plus two plus out until end of turn or pay x tap it exile an artifact with mana value x from your graveyard create two tokens that are copies of that exiled card do this at sorcery speed um this one is one of the decks i did not get any experience with it also has one alternate commander here in in the boros colors or I'm sorry, the Lorehold the Colors, Lorehold colors that's right. uh, which is Alibo, uh, Ancient Witness, three, a red, and a white for a four five golem that says other artifact creatures you control have haste. And whenever one or more artifact creatures you control attack, uh, Alibo, Ancient Witness deals X damage to any target and you scry X where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. So of these two, I like Alibo a lot more, mm. but I see the fun stuff that you can do with Oskir. But this reminds me so much of my Doretti deck, but just adding white um, that 
I don't know if the strategy is for me, but I like what I see happening in these colors as opposed mm-hmm. to, oh, you have to swing and you get double strike. And if you do that, you do. You know, that, that's what red-white very much just felt like. Sure. And sure. I did not want to do that. And I also, I don't want to be playing with swords. I just that's, that's fair. That's me. I don't want to play with swords. And I built a Boros deck that didn't necessarily care about swords, but it was still commander damage. Mm-hmm. This is much more my my up my alley. Mm-hmm. But I I still think I want to go with the secondary one because I I want to deal X damage where where I'm tapping artifacts to do crazy things. Right. What do you think of this deck? So um, this was actually the first... Uh, Osgear was the first uh, face commander that we really kind of got to see when the release is coming out. So Osgear was the first commander that I actually brewed from Commander 21. Um, and I love Graveyard Shenanigans. So this was this was really fun for me to, to brew it. But um, just as the, the pre-constructed deck, I think Alibu fits the theme of the deck better. Um, so this may be one of those instances like um, two years ago when the commander deck came out and uh, Savine was the face commander for that Jeskai deck, but um, it was a better deck if you just took Savine and you flipped to Elsha to Elsha the, of the Infinite. So maybe this deck actually, I think, would be better with Alibu as the face commander versus Osgear, even though I really like Osgear's abilities and what Osgear can do better. The deck seems to be more focused around swinging with artifact creatures, which is what Alibu cares about. Um, Osgear in that will you know make your artifact creatures stronger by sacrificing artifacts or just get you incremental value by making more of these artifact creatures, um, but doesn't really fit the theme. Um, so I think Alibu probably would be a better face commander. I don't love the strategy of swinging with artifact creatures. just not something that I typically like doing. I love what Osgear does. I kind of wish they would have built stronger into the Osgear strategy than they did the Alibu strategy in this pre-con. I will say, though, that with these pre-cons, it doesn't feel like three completely separate decks. Like Lord Windgrace, that was three different decks. You had Lord Windgrace, you had the the spider that didn't care about spiders. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what was that third commander in that deck? Um, the Hydra that brings things back from yeah, the dead. But they, it didn't feel like a Lands Matters deck, it right? It was, These, gra- it was a graveyard. This, yeah, this felt. This feels both care completely about mm-hmm. artifacts. It's great. I like that. Um, and it doesn't feel like they built three separate commander decks with that with each commander that cares about like two cards really well, and then like fifteen generically. This feels like they. It, either one you go with, you're you're probably going to enjoy the play. Yeah. Um. So we, I think though, my favorite card from from this is is probably Monologue Tax. Mm. So the enchantment three and a, or two and a white that says whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you create a treasure token. I'm not sure what it is about people barfing things out and giving me value, but I'm here for it with with that and Smothering Tithe. Oh yeah. Let me let me have those, and then also cursed mirror giving me an artifact that costs three. You know, you got a rock, but it could also become a copy of any creature when it enters the battlefield with haste. Yeah, I'm still really interested to see what the um, the judge rulings on that are going to be. If it enters as a copy, or if it enters and then becomes a copy, because that is pretty important to see if you get the enter the battlefield effect from the mirror or not. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think we should talk about our Kaomancer's map. I think this is the one that, you know, everyone's kind of talking about the mono white, um, 
quote unquote ramp spell. Uh, so the uh, Archaeomancer is a two and a white artifact. It says when Archaeomancer's map enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic planes, reveal them, put them into your hand, and shuffle. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Um, so again, yeah, it's it's like mono white ramp, but um, it's like burgeoning kind of like a white, kind of a white yeah. burgeoning, but it puts pl- planes into your hand and. Um, it does say basic planes, um, but it doesn't have that basic planes clause for putting a, a land from your hand onto the battlefield. So that part's kind of nice. So you can play it outside of mono white. Um, but yeah, it's it's an artifact in this deck. You'll be able to get two copies with Oz gear, and then uh, hopefully you'll be able to to ramp out pretty hardcore. Yeah. So uh, we also wanted to talk touch or I guess touch on reprints on each deck, right? So for this one, I think I think one of the the biggest here is the Hellkite Tyrant, which is nice. Although I think it was an accidental reprint that that just ended up being um, very much expensive because of all of the treasures and things that we have seen in, in <laughs> the past couple of sets that have come out. For sure. So Hellkite Tyrant is a very good um, reprint here. Dragon that says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 20 or more artifacts, you win the game. But it can steal folks' artifacts when when it deals combat damage to them. So uh, really, really good reprint there. Um, and then, I, you know, the artifacts that, that are just the ramp in this, you know, you've got thousand year elixir, which is also great, but I appreciate that they're putting arcane signet in all of these and soul ring. Unfortunately, I feel like arcane signet is, is now um, being considered just a generic rock mm-hmm. that everybody puts in their deck. And I, I mean, I remember them talking about it saying this was a mistake, but here we are. So at least they're going to make them available. When I first started building decks, that's how I felt about Felwar stone and there wasn't enough copies of Felwar stone out there. So to me, I'm kind of happy that the Arcane Signet, and, and I really do like that Thousand Year Elixir reprint. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and then some of the lands, actually, I thought was, you know, there, there's nothing particularly expensive in the land base, but I'm just really impressed that they uh, are going to print lands like Slayer Stronghold and Sunhome Fortress of the Legion and Deprecons. Um, even the artifact lands, Ancient Den, Great Furnace, and Dark Steel Citadel got re- uh, reprinted in here. Um, Battlefield Forge, you know, a pain land. Pain lands used to be... Um, kind of sought after or, or expensive. I think the Tainted Wood is still over a dollar or two, and that one shows up in the Witherbloom deck. Um, but it's good to see some of the um, the faster lands, I guess lands that will tap for either color that don't come in tapped, uh, some of the faster artifacts. It, it definitely looks like that's where the game of Commander is going, and Wizard of the Coast is helping to push it in that direction uh, at this point. So I personally like to see that kind of thing. Um, making fast mana more accessible to more players. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So the next deck we have here is the Prismari deck. So this is Prismari performance helmed by a Zaphi thunder conductor, which is referred to as thunder collector in its, in its text. So there was, there was in fact uh, a typo there. So uh, it is a human shaman, a one, four for two, a blue and a red that has magecraft. When you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, you scry one. If the mana value of that spell was five or greater, you create a four, four blue and red elemental creature token. If the mana value is 10 or greater, Zaphi thunder collector deals 10 damage to an opponent chosen at random. And the secondary commander here is um, 
uh, uh, Veyran, Voice of Duality. So it is a 2-2 Afrit wizard for one, a blue, and a red with Magecraft. So again, when you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, Veyran, Voice of Duality, gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. And then if casting or copying an instant or sorcery spell causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, it triggers an additional time. So it's a mouthful. And it does a lot. Both of these mm-hmm. have so much text on them. Um, this is the other deck that I have the least amount of experience with of the ones that I do. But I do think that this deck suffers from the, um, it wants to cast so many big spells with one commander and then just cast a lot of spells with the other commander. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the in- incremental scry one, if you're playing, I guess, a, a deck that has humans, um, there's that. But I feel like Zafai should have been a wizard. <laughs> Yeah, it's a human shaman. Yeah, for sure, definitely should have been a wizard, but that's the way that they were structuring all the schools and saying mm-hmm. if you're from this school, you're not a wizard, you're a shaman, because then everyone would be wizards, and honestly, that would probably be a problem. I don't know the the Veyran voice of duality isn't a free wizard, so I, I guess they gave you a wizard okay, there. there you go. There so you the, go. so they did give you a wizard there. So um, I I like I like the Prismari colors here. Um, I I think that. It feels a little different than than is it in that um, you're playing spells that might be larger as opposed to just a ton of tiny spells, which is which is um, not always a bad thing. But I think the the commanders themselves, Veyran wants you to copy and or cast and copy a lot of spells to make things trigger multiple times, mm-hmm. whereas Zaphi wants to cast just big spells. Yeah. Um, when I was looking through this list, I think the one the one biggest complaint that I had is there wasn't really a clear win condition uh, coming from the deck, and and maybe maybe I'm looking at it too critically because I'm looking at a pre pre con, but um, just just you know with Zafi casting all of your spells that are five CMC or greater to make a giant board of four fours to swing out with um, doesn't seem like the greatest strategy in the world. Um, this deck seems like it would be a lot of fun to play. It doesn't seem like it is poised to win very well. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, some of the wind conditions like like our crackling drake and these other creatures that just get pumped up a lot um, from having instants and sources in your graveyard. Um, I I don't I don't love this deck because of that. That being said, there's a lot of cards in this deck that I want to rip out of this deck and put them in other decks. Yeah, I think I think playing with this, you're playing with like Metallurgic Summoning, Sudburn's mm. Invocation and Swarm Intelligence, which costs six, five, six and seven. Um, so the the mana you're that means you're waiting to cast relevant spells until after you've gotten that mana, right, right. which is which is a struggle. And and I, and I talked about this deck with you before we recorded. In that this is the deck where I want to throw in, I want to play with the cards from the precon, but I I I want to be able to get to the mana to cast an apex of power, which mm-hmm. is seven red red red. Mm-hmm. So so I need ten mana, but as soon as you start throwing in like a mana crypt or a mana vault or a grim mon- like if you have any of those cards that are just the the fast ramp to get to get to this you start to just move out of a precon power level right and i feel like when we get to the next deck they're not on the same page right this this one didn't feel like it was on the same page right but but let's talk about some of these brand new cards that are in this deck yes um because they are really really interesting um so creative technique is a uh sorcery for five mana for four and a red that has demonstrate which is uh one of these new 
keywords that says you can uh, copy the spell as long as you choose an opponent and they'll also get a copy of the spell. So it says shuffle your library, then reveal cards from the top of it until you reveal a non-land card. Exile that card and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order and you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost. Um, so it is the next non-land. It's not the next uh, creature. It's not the next permanent. It's not the next instant or sorcery. So it's kind of a new take on a polymorph effect uh, just to get the next spell. I guess there's um, uh, like... Uh, it's not warp world but there's a a card that's like that like whenever you cast a card you instead exile cards from the top of your library until you reveal another card that shares a a type with it and you cast that card instead it's going to be something like that with creative technique just getting random free spells from the top of your library and i just think it's kind of cool um slap it in a chaos deck or if you can break it by making like a 95 land deck and just get your free spells It'd be kind of cool yeah see i think i think my favorite card that came from this deck is the uh legendary human wizard riona fire dancer so mm. a three four human wizard for three red red that says at the beginning of combat on your turn create x x tokens that are copies of another target creature you control where x is one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn they gain haste exile them at the beginning of the next end step so um this is you you obviously can't make a bunch of copies of a legendary creature i mean you could but they're all gonna die immediately but like uh, then the amount of discussion surrounding like making 15 dockside extortionists or just anything crazy it just seems super fun and maybe i'm not thinking outside the box here but i'm not i'm i would still like to make that many dockside extortionists yeah, or combustible <laughs> gear hawks, or you just you take a take a mono red ETB deck, shove mm-hmm. all those creatures in here, and make it should a ton of copies of those cards. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, as far as reprints go in this deck, coil. What what do you have your eye on? I like the pyromancer's goggles. I feel like this card it still hasn't found the right home in any deck that I have, but it's a legendary artifact. You tap it for red for five mana, but then it says when 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 this mana is spent to cast a red instant or sorcery, you can. Um, copy that spell. So you copy it and choose new targets for the copy. I think this is my favorite reprint from this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would have to say that um, if you were to ask me two years ago, you look at this deck and you look at all the, the reprints in it and you said, in this deck, we're going to get Dig Through Time, we're going to get Ponder, and we're going to get Blasphemous Act. And you go, holy, holy moly, there's a ton of value in that deck. That's really great. Those cards aren't really worth anything anymore. Um, but I really like the fact that they're printing them into pre-cons because those are important spells that I think are really good in casual magic that maybe people aren't playing in casual magic. Like Dig Through Time, I don't see in casual magic very often, and I think it should be played more. It's an absolutely fantastic spell. Um, so I, I was happy to see those. Again, unfortunate that they they aren't worth anything. Um, but in the in the artifact section, you know, I kind of mentioned it before. We're getting is it signet and talisman of curiosity. So it's again, it's a push for faster mana. Um, but as we mentioned at the very beginning of this deck, this deck really needs the extra and fast mana in order to get to those bigger spells faster with Zafi. Uh, so it's nice to see in my opinion the faster artifact ramp coming in these decks yeah and i do think that this one is uh, of the of the decks as of today the mm-hmm. recording i do think this one has the least amount of value by almost 20 bucks in some instances right. um so moving on to the next deck here this is the uh Quant- uh, Quantum Quandrix deck. So this is the deck that is helmed by uh, Adrex and Niv, uh, twin casters. And uh, Adrex and Niv, uh, pulling them up right now because my image is not in front of me. 
Uh, they are a merfolk wizard for two two that has uh, for for two a green and a blue with ward two. So this is our new evergreen keyword instead mm-hmm. of hexproof that says whenever this creature becomes a target of spell or an ability an opponent controls you counter unless they pay two colorless. Um, but then it says if one or more tokens would be created under your con- control twice that many tokens are created instead mm-hmm. so uh we've got we've got a parallel lives here with a secondary commander of essex fractal bloom so a four four fractal creature for four a green and a blue with flying that says the first time you would create one or more tokens during each of your turns you may instead choose a creature other than essex fractal bloom and create that many tokens that are copies of that creature so uh this deck is making lots of creature tokens and it's everything I want to be doing in Simic. And it's great because the actual card, Parallel Lives, is way up. I The last time I looked, it was over $50. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's got a single printing uh, from Innistrad, from the Innistrad block. So it's been a long time since we've seen it. But this, out, out of the gate, uh, when I played this, I had a turn one soul ring with a... Uh, Simic Signet, mm. which felt really good. Um, but your commander on turn two into just making creatures on turn three was bananas. Yeah. It, it, but it's refreshing to see a Simic commander that isn't play land, draw a card. Whenever you draw a card, you can play a land. And whenever you do this, you get to draw a card. It just, it felt great that it didn't include draw 19 mm. by doing what you just already do. See, and, and I felt kind of the opposite that this was although it was it, it's not a landfall gain life draw cards card it is like a thing that we've already had maybe not on a legendary creature and i don't think we've seen it in simic i mean i don't know it's in green though it's in green yes so you can play it in simic it's, you can kind of you know it just seems to me it seems boring uh i understand it you know making tokens is always fun um it's definitely a really good value creature i think essex fractal bloom is much more interesting of a legendary creature and and, and a lot easier or n- not easier to build around more interesting to build around um it'd be much easier to build around the face commander because you're just doubling your tokens and the one thing that really gets my goose about the face commanders is that it doesn't work with the mascot of the quandrix um school because fractals are zero zero tokens and making a second zero zero token will just die immediately well if you make tokens that enter with counters on them you'll be okay right but the fractals don't they get the counters after they enter yeah so you cannot get double fractals which is disappointing to me coming from the quandrix commander deck but it does look i would have to look that up it was interesting because i believe it said that they entered and then but if it does say they you create a zero zero then put it on that's correct then um then yeah they don't necessarily work in that situation but i did have adrix and nev um out with essex and that was Mm. pretty cool making a copy of someone else's wind reader sphinx and then getting two wind reader sphinx and then convoking in a Hornet Queen and getting um, multiple Hornet Queens with insects and then swinging and drawing all those cards. That's a lot. Yeah, it was it was really fun. <laughs> I made I made some basic updates. I mean, I think I changed like 20 cards sure. in the deck. Um, but this deck, it feels like what I want to be doing. It doesn't feel like playing Tatiova. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like playing, you know, Edric's by Master of Trust or like Asai. Um or or Verizal or Rolesk or Experiment Crash, which are just like let's let's play with plus one plus one counters or just play a land and draw a card. At least it was making tokens, which felt felt different. And you know, looking at the top top Simic commanders, you've got Tatiova, Eric Smithies, Kinnan, 
Kumena, Krufix, Azuri, Edric, Rashmi, and Pirantuthi, and none of them are token decks in, mo- in most cases. Um, Edric it can be, I it guess, can you, be. it can be. I mean, any of them can sure. be. Um, but I really like this deck a lot. Um, from the from the new cards, I I really really liked playing uh, Perplexing Test. Mm-hmm. So I got to return all creature to- uh, creatures to their owner's hands, not not the creature tokens, the non token creatures. Mm-hmm. So that was cool because you get to keep almost everything that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of upgrades for the for the Adrix and Nev deck that just make creature tokens. Okay. So you don't care about the spell. It doesn't it really doesn't affect you. Right. And if you return your commander, then it only costs four. Mm-hmm. I do like the effectively costed commanders this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that is very true. They are they are really, really well costed. Um, from the new cards, I actually I want to mention two. I know we've been sticking to one, but I'm going to mention two. Okay, because I'm that kind of person. <laughs> uh, spawning Kraken is the first one. So it's for five and a blue. You get a six six Kraken. It says whenever a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, or Serpent you control deals combat damage to a player, creating nine nine blue Kraken creature token. Uh, so this card isn't particularly supported well in this deck. There aren't a lot of other Krakens and stuff, but when it hits, it can make a nine nine. And a lot of people are including this in their Sea Monsters decks that they have and. Um, I do have a Sea Monsters deck. This isn't going in that. This is actually going in my Changelings deck because every time a Changeling hits, making a 9-9 token seems really, really strong. Um, so if you have a Changelings deck, I definitely would consider Spawning Kraken in there because it's insane value. Um, and the other one is Theoretical Duplication. And it's a two and a blue instant. It says whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control this turn, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Um, I think this can be a really good, like, get you a card for someone that does like a mass polymorph or mass graveyard reanimation throws all their cards from their hand on the battlefield a giant um not collected company i guess it could work for collected company but um uh, one of those giant x green spells where you get to put all your creatures that you find in the top part of your library onto the graveyard just being able to theoretical duplication before that comes down seems like it'd be a really cool trick um the first thing that did come to my mind with this card was dockside extortionist but be careful because your dockside extortionist enter the battlefield effect will resolve before your opponents and they will get a treasure for every treasure that you just got so just be uh wary about that but those are two cards that i'm really excited for from this from this deck you know the other one that i'm really excited to play though is ruxa patient professor so i i was building this this weekend i didn't pull the trigger on ordering anything because i had the the shell of an Ayula deck mm-hmm. really kind of put together so Ruxa Patient Professor is a four four bear druid for two and two green that says when it enters the battlefield or attacks return target creature with no abilities from your graveyard to your hand and creatures with no abilities that you control get plus one plus one and then you can have creatures you control with no abilities assign their damages so they weren't blocked so they really get like the thorn elemental mm-hmm. ability which is great um, so you can play like Muragonda Petroglyphs, which is really what is on this card, which is creatures with no abilities get, I believe Muragonda gives plus two, plus two though. Okay. Um, but you can't play cards that say creatures you control have vigilance because then you gave uh, them an yeah. ability and they lose all of their True. other abilities. So you, you can play, and I think Gaia's Anthem gives just creatures get plus one, plus one or creatures you control. Um, it's just, do, do you want to just be playing a vanilla deck? Is it? Is it going to be able to stand on its own? I'm not sure. And I don't think every single creature in the deck has to be, this has no abilities. Right. But um, you can't, the problem is you can't give them an ability because they probably lose multiple, uh, like 
power and toughness. And, and that's interesting. I never put two and two together why it says um, assign combat damage as though they weren't blocked instead of just giving them all trample because that would just be a nombo if it gave them all trample. It would give them trample. Yes. Yeah, so so um, they are, they are, yeah, you can have them assign the damage as though they were not blocked. And I guess if you can make a bunch of, I mean, in a lot of cases, people refer to these as bears, you know, a, a two, two for two that, that, does really nothing mm-hmm. um and and they they become three threes but if you can play out merg on a petroglyphs then they're five fives mm-hmm. and if you have i don't know four five five swinging you know and you go i'm just gonna assign that damage directly to face and mm-hmm. you deal 20 instead as long as they're not taking lethal you just they're essentially unblockable for sure but you can't give them vigilance so you maybe you can find a way to have them untap after combat. You're in mono green here, so you can't play. You can play Seaborn Muse or something. You could play. You can't a, play reconnaissance. You can't play reconnaissance because that's in white. Right. But if you if you played a, I guess this has secret commander. You could maybe and and have something in green white. I mean whatever to sure. give that um the pseudo vigilance. Mm-hmm. But I I like it a lot. I'd like to try and play with this card some. Um, and then the lands here, uh, I think we've, we've got a rogues passage, which is really nice. I like seeing that Yavamaya coast again. Um, I, I like the pain lands. I'm always a fan of pain lands. I think, uh, the ones that I'd like to see more, right. Are the, the enemy colored pain lands. So the ones, because there are still some of them that are around $10. Mm-hmm. Some have been printed five or six times. Right. Some have ever printed like, I don't know if once or all twice of them have been yeah. even, um, entirely. So, um, that is the, well, so this is some of the reprints that we wanted to talk about. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I those were mine. Yes. Okay. So um, I I wanted to point out the fact that they are printing rapid hybridization as their one blue creature removal spell in this deck, rather than Pongify, which they have been reprinting for a while. Like over the past year, they've been reprinting Pongify over rapid hybridization. So it's nice to see the other one mana blue creature removal spell. Uh, one mana blue instant says destroy target creature. They get to make a uh, for rapid hybridization, it's a 3-3 green frog lizard. For Pongify, it's a 3-3 green ape creature token. Um, and then it's nice to see Rite of Replication, Master Biomancer. Oh, I forgot. My right is on my notes right yeah. here. <laughs> and, and Azuri's Predation uh, were all reprinted in this. Uh, Simic Signet and Talisman of Curiosity. Uh, or sorry, Simic Signet reprinted. Talisman of Curiosity not printed in this. Would have liked. I would have liked to see that, but um, I understand why. Maybe they wouldn't want to shove all the fast mana in all of the decks. This deck also has Rampant Growth, Beast Within, um, Kodama's Reach, Crosan Grip. I mean, this is like mm-hmm. the basic... Those are the go-tos that I grab for all my Simic sure. decks. Not saying I'm not being creative here, but they're just so good. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like them. Now, so. There's no Cyclonic Rift in here, though. <laughs> That's fine. It's not necessary in every deck, and in most cases, it's a 2CMC spell. For sure. In my, you can see me lose on a YouTube game from a couple of months ago by casting it for two instead of seven. <laughs> I feel like if I cast it for seven, I would have done I would have done much better. Um, moving on to our next deck here. This is our Silver Quill Statement deck. So this has Brina the Demagogue and uh, Felissa Fang of Silver Quill. So Brina the Demagogue is a 1-3 bird warlock for one, a white, and a black. It has flying and says, whenever a player attacks one of your opponents, if that opponent has more life than another one of your opponents, that attacking player draws a card and you put two plus one plus one counters on a creature you control. And then Felissa Fang of Silver Quill is a three, two vampire wizard for two, a white and a black with also with flying does not look like she's flying, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, with mentor 
And then whenever a non-token creature you control dies, if it had counters on it, create X tapped two, uh, two one white and black inkling creature tokens with flying, where X is the number of counters you had on it. Um, I like the inklings. And Brina, I will say this is so. This is the next deck that I played the uh, the most with over the weekend. I played against um, some folks in our Discord, and Brina plays a lot more like Edric, Spy Master of Trust than you might think. Hmm. So um, you don't have to deal the damage. That's great. You just have to swing at an opponent that has more life than another opponent. So it is encouraging you not to swing at at your opponent with the lowest amount of life. Right. Um, and then you don't have to deal the damage. So as soon as you swing, you get to draw it. And giving someone two plus one plus one, giving the Brina player two plus one plus one counters doesn't seem like much until Brina has eight plus one plus one counters oh, on yeah. it. And then you go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this might actually be a problem soon because unless you have an actual destroy spell, you're not you're not going to be able to block it and kill it right because it's flying exactly so um this one i like a lot i did not see felissa fang of silver quill come out yet but i did see a lot of the other new card nils discipline enforcer so this is uh, another legendary creature a human cleric um for two and a white and it's a two two that says at the beginning of your end step for each player you put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature that player controls and then those creatures can't attack you or planeswalkers you control unless they pay x where X is the number of counters on that creature. And this mm. deck has vow counters. It has plus one, plus one counters. If they're putting any sort of counter on their creature at all, um, it, it, it got to the point where I was playing with some creatures that had counters on them. And I was like, oh, I, I can't afford to pay four extra to swing at you. So I'm just going to swing it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, doesn't feel political. I mean, it doesn't really feel that political, but definitely is. I, but it's very subtle. Yeah, well, it's got flash, so you can, you know, steal a big turn from someone or something like that. Um, do be wary about what has flash. Bold plagiarist. Oh, just the deck in general. Bold plagiarist has flash. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, what are we talking about? I thought we were talking about Nils. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, bold plagiarist is is one of the reprint cards that I really like. Uh, that has flash. It's a three to black vampire rogue two two. This is whenever an opponent puts one or more counters on a creature they control, they put the same number and kind of counters on bold plagiarist. Uh, I just thought this this card was really really cool. Um, you do have to worry about playing around minus one minus one counter strategies with it because you don't get a choice of uh, where these counters uh, are going. You do have to put them on bold plagiarist. Um, but it kind of you know. That that particular card, I think, really goes into the way that the Silver Quill deck here is trying to play naturally, and that's very political. You're playing with your opponent's cards and what your opponent is doing. Um, and it, yeah, it, to, to me, this deck just seemed like the most fun because of cards like this, because of really fun interactions with your opponents and with your opponent's cards and with your opponent's decks. Yeah. So can we talk about my, my favorite card from this deck, though? Um, maybe. It might be Ink Shield. So uh, yeah. this card's great. It is an instant for three, a white, and a black that says prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to you this turn. For each one damage prevented this way, create a two, one, white, and black inkling creature token with flying. So I would like to just not take, I don't know, 10, mm-hmm. and then get 20 power worth of flying creature tokens that I can just crack back out on the next turn. I have this marked down as the new Arachnogenesis. Actually, it feels very much so. It, it costs two more, and it's in two colors rather than one, and you can't... You prevent the damage, so Arachnogenesis, you can, like, gang block stuff and kill stuff, so that's, like, the main But these are two-one two, flyers. Two-one flyers way better than one-two <laughs> reachers, that's for sure. 
right um, now the cards it looks like it's pre-ordering around five or i guess not even pre-ordering i guess some of these are out so it's around six bucks mm-hmm. i i think that's a good price i'm not sure if it's going to go up or down much i think it's it's fairly costed for what it does and uh, another white black card to watch out for for sure um i also really i, I wanted to mention quickly uh cunning rhetoric a three mana enchantment is the most unique uh don't attack me enchantment that i've ever seen uh, most of the don't attack me enchantments or pillow for enchantments are either taxing people to attack you or they're draining your life in order to attack you but cunning rhetoric is an enchantment this is whenever an opponent attacks you and or one or more planeswalkers you control you exile the top card of that player's library and you may play that card for as long as it remains exiled and spend mana or mana of any color to cast it so i think it's very unique in that you get to use your opponent's cards if they against them no your words i'm repeating the words back to you (laughs) they are your words um no i think it's great and um if you're playing a deck that is stacking the top or rearranging it you you certainly aren't going to want to give somebody that spell. Right. So reprints for this, we've got a couple of relevant reprints here. Um, I, I do like seeing the um, Deathbringer Liege. So this is the first reprint for this. So this is um, the uh, split, co- or split color card that gives uh, creatures of each of the colors plus one, plus one. So other white creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Other black creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And whenever you cast a white spell, you may tap target creature. And whenever you cast a black spell, you may destroy target creature if it's tapped. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it's it's not a card that I, I knew needed a reprint because I had never heard of the card before. Um, you know what's funny is I run these cards. I ran the, the black green one in Hippatra, and I run the blue red one in the Locust God. And I, I'm pretty sure that I run this in my Tesa Orzov Saya because I'm just making a mm. bunch of spirits. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a lord that, um, you know, some of them make creatures. Obviously, this one doesn't. But um, casting a black and a white spell, you can just basically destroy a creature. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, this this particular reprint I'm about to talk about might not seem very significant because it's only a $3 card with this reprint, um, but it is the first reprint of Selfless Squire. So it's a three and a white human soldier with flash. It's a 1-1 one, one that says when Selfless Squire enters the battlefield, prevent all damage that would be dealt to you this turn. Uh, whenever damage that would be dealt to you is prevented, that many plus one plus one counters... Uh, you put that many plus one plus one counters on Selfless Squire. And you know what I just realized is this combos with our new inkling shield because it says whenever damage is prevented and our uh, our ink shield is going to prevent damage and make two ones and pump ourselves a squire that already prevented damage last turn because apparently we're playing a black white turbo fog deck turbo fog <laughs> the other one that i really like here is mika koro center of the sea so this is a legendary land this is the second time it's been reprinted so it was in masters 25 and now we're getting it again but it's uh taps for colorless or you pay two and tap it and each player draws a card it's wonderful. I love it. It's it's probably the most significant reprint in this. Deck. It's around eight bucks right now. Yeah. Um. So there there's there are some some cards in here that are worth picking up if you don't have them. And that selfless squire is great. It's so I big. can attest. I play it in a humans deck that mm-hmm. has four fogs in it, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was like a ten ten twelve dollar card or something. So it, actually, it was for it comes a bit. Out very significant. I was trying to pick it up for a deck last year. And that's how much it was. It's down to $3 in this reprint now. So very, very nice reprint. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for the reprints. Yeah. So so next deck, I'm going to take this one. Okay, you're going to start with this one. I'm going to do this one. Okay, so this is Witherbloom. So this is uh, this would normally be my, my haymaker area of black-green. 
but not actually my favorite deck of, of the set. Uh, so Witherbloom is helmed by our face commander, Willow Dusk Essence Seer, which is a legendary Dryad Druid 3-3 where you can pay one generic mana and tap it, choose another target creature, put a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the amount of life you gained this turn or the amount of life you lost this turn, whichever is greater. You can only activate it as a sorcery. Um, also has an alternate commander of Guillaume, Master Chef, or or Giome, or I think something it's Gu- like Guillaume. Guillaume, uh, Troll Warlock five three with Trample for four mana, two black and a green. This is at the beginning of your end step. Create a number of food tokens equals to the number of non-token creatures you had entered the battlefield under your control this turn. And you can pay one generic and sacrifice a food. And target creature gains indestructible until end of turn, and you tap it. So uh, this deck particularly wants to gain life. I would like to go to the restaurant that Guillaume is the master chef at. So that you can become indestructible and tapped. Yes. Lay down for a little nappy nap. Well, I'm going to eat some food and take a nap. I mean, it, the flavor there is great. <gasps> flavor. That's pretty great. Yeah. Honestly, between these two, I'm drawn to Guillaume because we have not seen a ton of stuff that cares about food and commander. They gave me a reason to play it. I have a reason to put my feasting troll king foil pre-release timestamp thing in a deck now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like them both, um, but I think I like um guillaume far more i uh will say that i like willow dusk a lot better as the commander um i don't know how the pre-con plays out uh, yeah i have not this is one i have not seen yet yeah. still based on the cards in here it seems like it is very very heavily into the life gain strategy less into the like use life as a resource it has some cards in there that do it but it seems like it's weighted way heavier in the life gain strategy um Listen, they, they put Dina Soul Steeper in here, which I think I mentioned um, as a card that I would be interested in, but I'm not sure if I actually said it on the show last week, but Dina it's, it is a 1-3 Dryad Druid for a black and a green that says whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life, and then pay one, sack another creature, Dina Soul Steeper gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the sacrifice creature's power. This is really great when it says each opponent mm-hmm. loses one life. Mm-hmm. Um there's infinites I, that that exist with Dina, um, but if you're going that hard into the light into the life gain strategy, just having Dina out, you might be able to deal five or six just inherently. No, Oops. for sure. Oops, I did six. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and that's and that's Dina. Um, the reason uh, we didn't mention she's actually printed in the standard set. So yeah, we and about, in the precon, right? So yeah. um, if you're not picking up any packs or anything, and you're opening up a Witherbloom deck, you're gonna you're gonna get one. Um, so. Yeah, so that's that's I guess the strategy, um, the gain life strategy. So for some of the new cards, uh, I really like Blossoming Bog Beasts. This is a, a a green creature for four and a green. You have three three. This is whenever Blossoming Bog Beast attacks, you gain two life. Then creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the amount of life you gain this turn. Um, honestly, I have decks that this is better than a crater hoof behemoth in way, way better than a crater hoof behemoth. I have a green, white life gain deck where every single turn I could be swinging for an extra plus 15, plus 15 and trample with all of my creatures. I think this, this particular card is really, really nuts and can, one problem that a lot of life gain strategy decks have in commander is that they just take so long to win. They can only win with an alternate win con. Maybe that's approach of the second sun, which is still going to take a few turns to, to actually come yes. to fruition. Blossoming bog beast is going to be able to get you there so quickly. Um, even if blossoming bog beast is your only creature and you cast a beacon of immortality and you gain 40 life. And now blossoming bog beast is a, 
45 45 with trample swinging awesome yes so i want to talk about a card that's in this deck that i think is just a very interesting card not only for this deck but for another commander that i actually had taken apart that was my you know again my brand a couple of weeks ago was talking about all these cool cards for decks that i don't play anymore is um yodora grave gardener so this is a, a tree folk druid a five five for five so four and a four and a green it says whenever another non-token creature you control dies you may return to the battlefield face down under its owner's control it's a forest land so your creature dies it, it becomes one with the earth and now it's just a forest land but um if you play this in Kadena Slinking Sorcery, a card entered, it, it came in uh, face down. Mm-hmm. So you can draw a card with Kadena. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I was thinking about this card, uh, just reading its last lines of text that it, it returns to its owner's control as a forest. So you could steal people's commanders and then sacrifice them and they or steal people's creatures, sacrifice them, and then they turn into a forest and will never be able to get the creature ever again. It's like Song of the Dryads on every... But you have to steal their creatures first, and I don't know if you can do that in mono green, so you'd have to play Eudora in the 99 to make that happen. But it's a cool combo, and I want to see it happen. Steal people's creatures, turn them into forests. That, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here (laughs) for it. The other card that I think is really interesting, which is Clinic, so it's a land, taps for a colorless, but has pay two colorless, tap it. You give a creature a lifelink until end of turn. This is a colorless land. Mm-hmm. I would like to put this in any Voltron deck to give your creature a lifelink. <laughs> so you're dealing commander damage, but also potentially just gaining. I mean, Zinder Split and Okan. I mean, Okan swinging for like 150. Mm-hmm. Give it a lifelink. I mean, oh, shoot, you blocked it and it didn't have trample. I guess I gain 150. Yeah, Whatever oops. it is. It, I, don't, I don't think it can ever actually be 150. So I think it right. goes way beyond that. Right, it has to be some... Uh, exponent of three yeah so yeah so i don't yeah we'll figure it out some other time yeah we'll do we'll do the math Math's for the blockers math is for blockers yeah. and i am not a quandrix person here <laughs> in my is a deck yes i i did <laughs> want to talk about one other card before we moved on to uh reprints and it's because um it's it's kind of a pseudo reprint so pest infestation is an xx green sorcery that says destroy up to x target artifacts and or enchantments and create twice x one one um black and green pest creature tokens with when this creature dies you gain one life and the reason i say this is um kind of a reprint is because there is a red sorcery called release the gremlins which is an xx red that says destroy up to x target artifacts and then you get x22 red goblin or red gremlin red goblins goblins get the goblins uh, red gremlin creature tokens um so this is <laughs> it's a very similar spell to that i like playing release the gremlins in all of my red decks to remove artifacts this also hits enchantments you get to make twice as many tokens they are not two twos they're one ones but they get to gain you life so i think this is an even better card than release the gremlins um, which i play very widely uh, this is green instead of instead of red though so you know it fits different decks but i think people should um not overlook this card i will be playing this card in my Iluna deck as a nice token generator so let's talk some reprints coil these are some good reprints this one deck. is this the is this second most valuable deck i'm not sure monetary monetary wise mm-hmm. here um but we've got Venser's Journal, Alhamet's Archive, and Well of Lost Streams. Just in artifacts here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, these are great. Venser's Journal is just shy of eight bucks. So Venser's Journal says you have no max hand size and at the beginning of your upkeep, you gain one life for each card in your hand. Fits the life gain strategy. It's a lot of life gain. Alhamet's Archive, would you like to gain life? Instead, 
gain double that life. Okay, deal. But if you draw cards, also draw double those. Wait, what if it's the first card I draw during my draw? Not stat? that one. Okay, though. but, but the rest of them. Time? Okay, deal. The rest of them, sure. And then well of lost dreams. Whenever you gain life, you can pay X, where X is equal to or less the amount of life you gained. And if you do, you draw X cards. Mm-hmm. It's actually, a little slow. I don't play with this card very often, I'll be honest. I, I'm actually surprised to see it so expensive because I remember this fitting in my $50 uh, Fire Song and Sunspeaker budget deck. So I'm surprised that the price has actually gone to... I, I bet it wasn't this price when I put it in my deck. $6, it says, for the reprint price here on mtggoldfish.com. Yeah. But... Yeah, so um, I, I mean, some of the other reprints though, uh, we do see Noxious Gear Hulk. It's not really worth that much, but you know, it's got a it's got a happy place in my heart in the Kaladesh block as a re- enter the battlefield removal effect that also gains you life. It's also a five four menace that's kind of hard to to block and and can get in there for some damage. So I really like um, Noxious Gear Hulk, and then Sapling of Kulfiner got a legendary border printing in this deck, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, is that the first time we're seeing it with the fancy border? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, so that that's cool. If you don't know, Sapling of Colfiner is a three uh, hybrid, black, green, hybrid, black, green. Uh, two, five, tree folk shaman with indestructible that says whenever Sapling of Colfiner attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you gain life equal to that card's toughness and lose life to its power, then put it into your hand. Um, so that is kind of a cool card that fits Willow Dusk, uh, the face commander, both the life gain and life loss strategy. You know, something I didn't mention, I just want to mention it real quick here. I really like the way that they designed Willow Dusk with both life gain and life loss. That way you can actually build the deck both ways. Um, if you're going to rebrand the deck, uh, remake the deck, make it your own way, you can make it a life loss deck. You can make the life gain deck. You can go into both. I mean, technically, if you're doing life loss, you probably have to go into both. But um, everybody loses life. We all we true. all play a life loss deck, right? Right. Um, so artifacts here, though, you've got Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, Sun Droplet, and we got that Talisman of Resilience here. Mm, gotta that, love that. Talisman. That Modern Horizons reprint. Gotta love these talismans. I love talismans. I love. Can talismans. I just tell you how much I love these talismans? I love all talismans, all of them. Including Pristine Talisman to just gain one life and add one generic mana for three mana. There's a lot. So again, I know I said it earlier, but I think that these decks are far more focused on the two commanders that you can play with. There isn't a ton happening with with food here. I mean, the commander itself does the thing, though. Right. You know. Well, and food gains you life. Exactly. Yeah. So it's there. It's but fine. You, but you can add in T- so much more. These are so upgradable. These decks are so upgradable. You can add in the worst combo in any standard that I've ever experienced with Cauldron Familiar and Witch's Oven. Oh, okay. You can play the food game. You can throw Exquisite Blood in here and have an. You can throw one card in here and have an infinite combo. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, no, I'm not. In the, in the Silver Quill deck, you can throw in uh, Phyrexian Devourer and with the alternate uh, commander, um, I forget her name, um, that whenever a creature, you, a non token creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it would die, you make that many two one inklings equal to the number of plus oh, one plus one yeah, counters on that, that creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, F- Felsia, Fang of Silverquill. Uh, that with Phyrexian Devourer, you can just have Phyrexian Devourer, you know, mill, exile half your deck and make 200 to one inklings and then go on with your life after that. They come in tapped. So unless you have like an enter the battlefield effect, like a Altar of the Brood or something to mill out all of your opponents, you're probably not going to win on the spot, but you're going to have a giant army of 2-1 flyers the next turn. Can you do that at instant speed? You'd ha- It's an enter the battlefield effect, I think. Or no, it's not. It's an activatable effect for Phyrexian Devourer, so you should be able to do it at instant speed. 
on the Phyrexian Devourer. So that one is that's the one that's you exile the top card seven cards of your library. Oh yeah. So but you have to exile cards from your library there. Right, but that's an activatable ability, so you can do it at instant speed. Correct. You just keep responding. Yeah, so you can do it at instant speed if yeah, you so want. Yeah, so you do it right before your turn and then untap with like a kajillion two one flyers. Yeah. 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 I didn't notice that. I did I did that was not one that I um that was not one that I thought of. That, that, that's an interesting that's, one. That's the only one I've ever uh, have heard of so far, actually. That that is a very interesting one. So we want to hear from you. Which commander decks are you excited to play? Um, and have you made any upgrades? I have upgrade, like I said, Adrix and Nev. I already made some 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 decent upgrades to it. I did not put in a crater hoof. I do want to add an Endrace Forerunners, mm-hmm. but there's enough creatures that you can convoke out creatures from from your deck with court of calling Mm -hmm. which it's not necessarily a cheap card either i'm just very fortunate that i have a couple copies of some of these cards laying around to move around um but there's a lot of really cheap you know token makers where Mm -hmm. it's make a copy of token creature so i had to try to avoid putting in too many legendaries because i was like oh i can't just throw sakashima in there can't make anything that i have out right now so that that was the issue but um that is that is it for our episode this week want to thank you for listening if you want to contact us you can find our podcast online at guardianprojectpodcast.com you can find our social media online at twitter uh, or i guess on twitter at guardian pod and our gameplay videos at youtube.com slash the guardian project and you can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at at and you can find me on twitter at worm coil engine and of course we want to give a special thank you to our producer and editor Ryan Nichols and Chris Wolf who handles all of our graphic design we appreciate the both of you I pointed to the both of you during those pauses Uh, you're welcome for those and uh, thank you for listening and we'll chat with you all next week bye bye bye